Welcome back to the Passing Down Podcast, guys. I'm your host, Rahul Padi. I'm here with my co-host, PD. PD, say what up. What's up? All right, so today, this is going to be our second episode. We're going to start off with the game we just watched, big game, Chiefs-Chargers. Get a quick recap of Thursday Night Football. Then we're going to head into some reviews of the QB performances in week one, which we previewed in our previous episode. And then we're going to head into a couple of interesting matchups in week two that we wanted to preview the quarterbacks for. So let's start off with this Thursday night recap. What do you think of the game, PD? Yeah, I thought that both quarterbacks played like decent football. I thought Patrick Mahomes played slightly below average football, quite honestly. Um, Looking into his profile for the game, a couple explosive plays, three turnover-worthy plays. Um, all three of them were dropped interceptions by the Chargers defense. I thought he got quite lucky that uh, those those plays didn't lead to the points for the Chargers defense. Um, I think that this is a streak of four straight interceptable passes not going um, the opponent's way for Patrick Mahomes to start the season. So I think he's gotten a little lucky to start the season here. Um, but nonetheless, he kind of offset that with multiple explosive plays down the field and a highlight reel play where he rolled out of the pocket, broke a tackle, and opened up a window to throw back across his body for the touchdown. Um, so not a horrible game for Mahomes here, but well below his standards and I think a below average game overall. And maybe you could talk a little bit about Justin Herbert and I can respond to that. Yeah, so Justin Herbert, I felt like, had a also a slightly above average game here. I feel like the injury definitely played a part in it. But to start out, I feel like he came out firing. He was very accurate today. I feel like early on, his connection with Mike Williams was really firing. There are a lot of plays which I feel like he was on the money there. I think as the game went on, the Chargers played a bit too conservative, that including Justin Herbert, I feel like, if they tried to continue pushing the down ball downfield like they did early in the game, it would have opened up a lot more down the stretch. And I feel like just overall, Justin Herbert should be a little bit more aggressive. I think that would have led to a more successful game. And most importantly, I hope he's okay after that one. He took a pretty tough shot to the ribs, it looked like. I wouldn't be surprised if it came out later next week that he's got bruised ribs or something of that nature. But, you know, props to him for toughing it out. I hope he's okay. I hope this doesn't derail his season or anything like that. And I'm looking forward to him keeping up what's been a good start to the season. Yeah, so starting off this game, like for the first half, stretching through the third quarter, you mentioned the accuracy. It was really good. Pushing the ball down the field to the intermediate levels. The Chiefs were kind of playing uh, with a lot of deep zone defenders. And the Chargers kind of were like, okay, we'll, we'll throw it a little underneath there. And so they kind of took advantage of that. Moved the, moved the chains quite a bit in the first half. Uh, second half, they tightened up a little bit. It got a little bit harder to move the ball. And then post-injury, I would say Herbert's accuracy dropped off. But for some deep shots, he made one bad error where he kind of threw into double coverage to Mike Williams. That should have been a pick. Um, but otherwise, a pretty solid game that that one pick or that one should have been pick, um, kind of holding him back from having a really, really high-level game. Yeah. And one last note to add on Mahomes before we move on from this game. I feel like last week against the Cardinals, we saw him go up against a very poor defense with who didn't really give much pushback to him and his play style. Today, I thought the Chargers went back to a lot of what defenses did last year, where they took away the downfield passes and Mahomes' ability to playmake and create massive plays, which makes him so great. And again, today, he was forced into making a lot of that intermediate to short throws, which I feel like he eventually struggles with because... That makes him rely a lot on his accuracy, which isn't up to par as some of the other elite quarterbacks. And today, unlike last week, he faced a lot of pressure from that Broncos, I mean, that Chargers D-line, especially Khalil Mack. So one thing I'm looking forward to see with Mahomes is the rest of the year, how he's going to deal with this, because clearly this seems like the play in terms of defending Mahomes. I hope to see him 
learn to beat these types of defenses because teams are going to continue to put him in these situations moving forward. Yeah, probably it's pretty scary thought to think of him like actually beating those types of defenses because he already has basically everything else figured out. Um, moving ahead, we're going to finish up by or start finishing up by reviewing these week one performances. Um, yeah, let's let's get it started with Josh Allen. So Josh Allen looked Josh Allen looked scary good in this game. Quite honestly, he his anticipation and his his ability to put the ball in catchable spots for his receivers, using that anticipation to open open throwing windows, that was what really stood out to me in the first half. Um, the Rams the Rams looked to kind of play their natural zone defense. They tried to force him to fit the ball into tight windows. And that's exactly what he did. He kind of just opened the throwing windows as much as he could with his eyes, with his anticipation, and he put the ball on the money. And so the the Bills started just chunking their way down the field, and then the Rams kind of started playing uh, closer to the line of scrimmage, and that just led to some deep bombs that kind of that kind of salted the game away, and the Rams had no chance of winning. So I was really, really impressed with Josh Allen showing the full repertoire here. One interceptable pass where he kind of forced the ball over the middle and threw it a little behind his intended receiver with Jameson Crowder. But overall, like a, a really strong game in terms of putting the ball in catchable spots. Uh, a decent game in terms of putting throwing perfect passes um, and like a really, really high impact game. Yeah, and opposing Josh Allen's absolutely spectacular performance, we had something that was quite the opposite in Matthew Stafford's performance this week. You know, after a stellar career-changing season last year, Stafford came out with kind of a dud this game. And as a Niners fan, that was awesome to see. But I had to say, I was quite surprised by Stafford's performance. Going into the season, we had heard a lot about Stafford's elbow being a problem, but it seemed to be much more of a problem this game than originally anticipated. His accuracy, as someone who already dealt with accuracy issues, his accuracy seemed to be even more off this game. Plenty of balls that were just thrown in the dirt or just completely inaccurate. One notable one being the interception thrown in Tyler Higby's direction, which looked hopefully like a miscommunication, but if not, just absolutely terrible accuracy. As well as the velocity on his passes just seemed to be a bit down. He just didn't seem to have that arm talent that we know of Matthew Stafford to have. And I was a bit surprised to see that. He also looked rattled in the pocket. Obviously, his O-line isn't as good as it was last year. But still, he was constantly under pressure, constantly getting sacked. I wish I saw him get rid of the ball a little bit more. And I think the box score also, although he does have the three picks, the box score does boost his performance a little more than it should because Cooper ba- Cooper Cup was an absolute monster and gave him a little bit of an out from an overall terrible performance. One thing I want to see him move forward, I, I hope he looks a little more towards Allen Robinson. I felt like he was open quite a lot that game, and he was very underutilized. I'm surprised they brought him in to use him the way he is. I'm sure that's not the plan. But overall, we need a lot more for Matthew Stafford this year if the Rams want any chance of being a good team. Yeah, um, I think I think a couple of those turnovers weren't really on Matthew Stafford, but I think there were some bad misses from him. Um, I think that as the season goes on, it could get even worse, quite honestly, because as he plays on it, the extra wear and tear could hurt his accuracy even more. Uh, speaking of inaccuracy, let's jump to jump ahead to the Sunday games at where Potty will uh, break down Trevor Lawrence, who did not look the part, I would say. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence coming into this game had a lot of hype. This is supposed to be his, you know, year to jump up, uh, dis- distinguish himself from those young quarterbacks and really show that generational talent he has but overall I felt like he struggled against a pretty mediocre commander's defense in my opinion I feel like his accuracy just wasn't quite there he seemed to have some footwork issues but overall 
just very below average accuracy. I feel like down the stretch, he had plenty of chances to, you know, lead his team downfield, maybe make up for some of the mistakes earlier on. But then he ends up throwing that pick to end up sealing that game. So something I want to look forward to more with Trevor Lawrence is I need him to move on from this accuracy problem he seemed to have coming into the NFL. You know, it's a lot easier said than done, but I don't see him ever progressing into that elite quarterback if he can't get his accuracy issues and just the boneheaded plays at the end of games. He's got to get that down. And, you know, looking towards the opposite side, someone else who seems tends to have some of those issues, Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz, in my opinion, I think the box score does lie a little bit here because obviously if you look at that, he looks amazing, incredibly impressive. But looking at his actual game, I got to say, I think the Washington offense did a great job of putting Wentz in positions to succeed. I feel like he wasn't asked to deliver any tight window throws, not too much deep shots downfield. I feel like they really simplified the game with him. A lot of screens, a lot of short passes, a lot of motions to get people open. I think that's what we're going to see out of Wentz this year. You know, a game manager type of guy who's just going to get the ball to the Washington weapons who seem to be amazing this game. Guys like Antonio Gibson, Curtis Samuel, Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson even all had great games. And I feel like Wentz just needs to be that engine to an offense that has a lot of firepower. And I think he can do that. He did have a couple of his classic boneheaded plays. For example, that interception to Trayvon Walker was terrible. But as long as he cleans up some of that, I think he can be a decent quarterback this season. Definitely not someone who I'd start my franchise around. I don't see the Commanders having a future with Wentz. But I think they can have a successful season with Wentz this year if they keep going the way he is. Yeah, quick response to both of those guys. So with Lawrence, I think with the accuracy, one thing that kind of jumps out to me is like he his motion doesn't stay consistent it's kind of a little weird where it kind of he kind of like changes his arm angles and changes the way he throws a little unnecessarily and I think that that's part of what's leading to some of the inaccuracy but um, the the bigger one that I wanted to touch on is Wentz because Wentz again in like typical way of fashion gets a little lucky a couple of the turnover plays that he has don't get punished and kind of let ends up with a better box score than he should. Um, I do want to highlight the the amazing throw that he made to Terry McLaurin down the field. That kind of helps boost his numbers from being kind of poor the rest of the game to like manageable for the game overall. I didn't think he played a poor game. I thought he was like okay. Um, and I think that if he plays that way, the commanders have a chance um, to win some games because I think that their supporting cast is pretty good. You mentioned that Curtis Samuel um and and the short passes i think curtis samuel was the recipient of a bunch of those short passes but i do think that like yeah i i think that pushing the ball down the field is the way to get the most out of carson wentz because um you kind of just have to lean into the volatility with carson wentz in my opinion to get some of those explosive plays you're just going to have to live with some of the interceptions and that that will lead to the best team results in my opinion yeah i'm certainly interested to see how they end up using Carson Wentz moving forward because this was definitely a different Carson Wentz than I feel like I saw in years prior. Well, moving on from one game with shaky quarterback play to another, we had the slip and slide bowl in 49ers Bears. Um, first, I want to get started with Trey Lance. Now, Trey Lance, looking at the box score, I'm sure a lot of people were horrified, and all week on Twitter, all I heard was, how Trey Lance isn't ready, and how the 49ers made the biggest mistake of all time going for him. We got to go back for Jimmy G. I'm here to give a fair assessment of what I saw to Trey Lance. You know, given the circumstances, I've got to say, I don't think Trey Lance should be ruled out or definitely was the worst player ever based off of this performance. I feel like he definitely showed a lot of promise and a lot of amazing playability in that game itself 
one of my favorite throws of his game was definitely that tight window throw to Ray Ray McLeod across the middle, as well as the deep throw to Juan Jennings. And I think plays like that really show Lance's ability to put the ball on the money, which is something that's been big in question with him. I think his mechanics were a lot more consistent this game. I think overall, he's had shaky footwork, and I saw a little bit better footwork in this game especially considering the conditions. And I think a huge part of his game that we saw in that game was his rushing ability. One important play was that third and 13, which he just took off and got that broke a tackle in the open field. I think that's something we're going to see out of Trey Lance a lot. And I like that he's moved on from not really being a rushing threat last year to being someone we can somewhat rely on on that side of the field. Now, This game, he definitely showed a lot of those accuracy problems, a lot of balls in the dirt on screens or like short out routes missed and things of that nature. But I think with solid footing and a better field overall, I think a lot's going to change for Lance moving forward. And I don't think I expect this the whole season. Uh, Yeah, I think for Lance, it's, it's tough for me to assess a quarterback who's already kind of inaccurate and just say that all of the inaccuracy issues on Sunday were because of the, the rain and the conditions. Um, but it's hard for me to like rule out the impact that those played. I do, I do remember one play in specific where at the end of the half, they try to run like a bubble screen or something to try to get like some miracle play. And it just goes like right into the ground. And it's just like, Oh my gosh. Wow. Um, so Moving forward with Lance, um, one thing I, I, I do want to see personally, I want to see him be more aggressive in the passing game in terms of being in the pocket because I thought that dropping his eyes, kind of looking to run a little early was something that bothered him in the preseason and this kind of carried over to the regular season where he kind of wants to run. He wants to run. He wants to make the explosive play himself uh, instead of waiting, trying to eat the hit get the get the big play downfield to his playmakers. So I'm looking forward to seeing that improve. Um, on the other side, I want to see uh, more of what Justin Fields did in the second half, really. Um, he started off really poor in the first half with uh, a turnover-worthy play um, where he threw the ball right to Talanoa Hufanga. Um, I think that his inability to kind of find footing really hurt his accuracy. But then in the second half, he came back with multiple explosive plays. That touchdown throw was right on the money. He threw another one um, right right on the line of the receiver down the sideline. Probably could have bent it back inward to give him a better chance for yards after catch, but he still put it in a catchable spot, um, which, is, which is more than expected in these conditions, I would say. Um, so overall, I wasn't particularly discouraged by Fields' performance. In fact, I almost came away encouraged, even though the advanced and the raw box score looked pretty terrible. Um, so moving forward, I'm looking forward to that with Fields and seeing what he can do this year. Yeah, I'd have to agree with both Fields and Lance for me. I wasn't particularly discouraged by their games here. I think there's definitely plenty of room for improvement, and I think we will see that moving forward. And moving on from that game we're moving on to the Ravens Jets and here we saw an incredible performance from Lamar Jackson overall just I feel like he's picking up from where he left off in early in the 2021 year where we saw a much improved passer in Lamar Jackson I feel like I saw very few bad throws from him in particular late in the game he did have that one interception where he significantly underthrew the ball on the go route. But other than that, I didn't see a whole lot of problems from him. I think he was very accurate on his touchdown passes, particularly to Devin du- Duvernay on the go route. That was very well placed. Good leverage throw for sure. And I feel like overall, this is the Lamar Jackson we need to see moving forward. You know, someone who can make those accurate throws, which he seemed to struggle with early on in his career. You know, this game showed that I think he's moving on from that purely rushing quarterback and just an overall weapon, just 
running the ball and just becoming an overall passing quarterback. Yeah, so the game started out pretty slow. They were kind of throwing short quite a lot, not many explosive plays down the field. And then the second half happened, and he's just like chucking bobs all over the place. Uh, one to Bateman, uh, one to Duvernay. I think that might have been in the first half, but um, a stretch up to that point, yeah. it was just a bunch of short passes. And then there was one really nice one with touch to Andrews, I think it was. And I thought that was really impressive. Um, yeah, just just a just a really, really strong second half, boying a, a solid performance from Lamar here. Um, moving on from one mobile quarterback to another, we have uh, Jalen Hurts here. Jalen Hurts, I still think that he bailed from the pocket a little too early at times. Um, six times he bailed from an early pocket on his snaps, which is a pretty solid rate for a quarterback. It's down from last year, but it's still a pretty high rate. Um, I think that his accuracy did look improved from last year. And I think the biggest thing for me is the touch and the downfield aggression and and the timing. So all those three things, those three things look to boy an improvement from Hertz this year because last year he wasn't even willing to throw them, much less willing to throw them with anticipation down the field. And so I'm I'm lo- really looking forward to Hurts this year. If if this is what it looks like going forward, the Eagles could be a really successful offense, not just against the low level teams where they can run the ball, but against against other teams where Hurts's counter of pushing the ball down the field might be a pretty powerful one. Yeah, and one last note on the Eagles is I love the way they used AJ Brown. I think for years he's been up there as far as the most talented receivers, but I feel like in an offense like the Titans, he wasn't particularly used to the best of his abilities because I felt like he was just a play-action deep threat only, and I feel like he's definitely much more of a versatile receiver than that, and I think the way the Eagles used him and his connection with Hurts was really good, and I'm excited to see how that progresses as the season goes on. And moving on from that game to probably one of our most exciting matchups of the year, or of the week, I should say, Raiders-Chargers, starting off with Derek Carr. You know, last year we heard a lot of the fact that he didn't have much help and he was able to take this team to the playoffs regardless through all the rugs and Gruden turmoil. And this offseason, the Raiders decided, you know, let's go out and get Devontae Adams. He's got Waller healthy. This was supposed to be the game where Carr used his help to really come out and prove that he can be that elite type of quarterback. And I feel like he did quite the opposite in this matchup. Uh, I feel like the Chargers gave him every opportunity to su- succeed, and he definitely didn't take it. A lot of those three picks that he threw were completely his fault, throwing into double coverage, just misreading the defense. Overall, just an inaccurate performance from Carr. I think we saw a lot of the same Carr, who's very up and down. You know, he'll have a great downfield touch pass to Darren Waller in a window, and then he'll come back and just throw an absolute terrible pass. And I just need more consistency from Carr. I will say, though, that Devontae Adams' pickup seemed to be amazing. Carr and Adams seemed to pick up right where they left off at Fresno State. Adams had a great game once again, and I'm interested to see how how crazy Adams goes because I think a lot of people expected a bit of a down down year going from Aaron Rodgers to Derek Carr, but I think he might just pick up where he left off completely. Now moving on to the more com- impressive performance of the day, Justin Herbert definitely came out and had a fantastic first game, definitely one of the most efficient quarterbacks of the week 26 for 34 with a couple of drops involved there either absolutely fantastic he looked like he was fitting every ball into the smallest of windows he was able to do what he did without his primary receiver in Keenan Allen put the ball on the money pretty much every throw I'd say he looked extremely poised was able to make plays outside of the pocket inside of the pocket within the offense. I think this was a fantastic performance to start out for Herbert. 
I think late in the game, the Chargers offense did slow down. And I feel like once again, like this recent matchup with the Chiefs, he got a bit too conservative. I think he needs to work on that. But overall, amazing performance from Herbert. Yeah, uh, responding to some of your thoughts on that, game. So I think that for Carr, um, one thing we talked about in the season preview is we want Carr to work on his balance between aggression and patience. And I think in this game, it kind of went the total opposite direction of, or too much to the direction that I wanted him to go. I wanted him to be a little bit more aggressive, pushing the ball down the field, but like, it was like, not like that. Like, like he throws the ball, like, into double coverage uh, against Devontae Adams. He severely underthrows it from where it's supposed to be. Um, he doesn't see the linebacker when he's trying to push the ball down the field to Darren Waller. And then he's holding the ball too long in the pocket and gets strip sacked multiple times to close out the game. And so all of those turnover-ready plays just kind of takes his performance from the day. Um, and I think, I think moving forward, if he could cut out those turnovers, it would be really, really great. And I think he could honestly play at an MVP level, but that's easier said than done. And he just, he just needs to find a better balance between the aggression and the patience. Yeah, for sure. And moving on to our last afternoon matchup of the day, I believe we're looking at the chiefs versus the Cardinals and man, was this a blowout. Honestly, looking at this matchup on paper, I thought this was going to be a back-and-forth back, back and forth offensive duo. I believe that's what I predicted in the Week 1 preview, but the Chiefs really came out and put on a show. And Patrick Mahomes, I got to say, I was extremely impressed by his performance. Just like Herbert, I feel like he had an incredibly efficient game a lot of balls on the money. I, it was definitely a lot easier performance than most for more, most quarterbacks because that Cardinals defense was absolutely awful. And I feel felt like Mahomes constantly had open receivers. They didn't cut out the short game. They didn't cut out even the long game for him. They pretty much let whatever he want, let him do whatever he wanted to do. And he certainly took advantage with 360 yards, five touchdowns. It just looked like, a normal day in the office for Mahomes. There was one play where he kind of just threw it up to his receiver and almost threw a pick in the red zone. You know, a classic Mahomes, you know, just throw it up there and see what happens type of play. I would like to see him cut out some of those, but I think that's just in the nature of Mahomes at this point. But overall, this is just a classic Patrick Mahomes game, and we didn't see this Mahomes again against the Chargers this week, but I'm hoping to see more of him moving forward this year. Yeah, uh, responding to some of your points there. So um, I think he was really good throwing it short. Um, he took advantage of whatever the Cardinals defense was giving him. They were giving him intermediate passes, short passes. Um, you did mention the throw that he had into the end zone that was almost picked. I thought that was a poor play. I think he also had a drop snap where I think that that gave the Cardinals an opportunity to make a play on the ball, but the ball doesn't bounce the right way sometimes, and so he doesn't get punished for that uh, in the box score. Um, yeah, I think he was he was pretty solid on the day. Nothing, like, incredible. He had that one really nice tight window throw to Kelsey that kind of made up for some of these errors, but uh, nothing too, too insane for him. Uh, a solidly above-average day for him overall. All right, um, moving on to... The next matchup, which was the Vikings against the Packers, and we're going to be looking at Kirk Cousins in this one, and Kirk Cousins played really well. Uh, I thought he was really good in terms of pushing the ball down the field into intermediate areas, um, and then he had one really nice deep pass where he kind of bought time by moving up in the pocket. Um, the safety kind of overplayed on what he thought uh, Justin Re Jefferson was going to do, which was kind of... He thought it was going to be a post, but Jefferson bent it into a crosser. And Kirk kind of bought time, stepped up, and put the ball on the money down the field. Um, and then there was another pass where he kind of floated it off his back foot, and Jefferson uh, went up and got it, and that was a really nice pass too. Um, so overall, like, no negative plays on the day at all for Cousins, actually. And so that's a, a big driver of how successful he was on the day. Um, 
I'm I'm looking forward to this Vikings offense. I really think it could be really amazing because there's finally a coach that kind of understands the strengths and weaknesses of Kirk Cousins and puts him in, in a position to succeed with um, pushing the ball down the field in the intermediate areas while also making sure that he doesn't have to force the ball into tight windows, which is where he can kind of struggle with his high-level processing at times. Um, do you have anything you wanted to say to that, or should I keep going? Yeah, to add on to that, I'm one thing I'm really excited about with the Vikings offense is definitely Justin Jefferson. That matchup, honestly, I've never seen such a prominent receiver be open as as wide open as he was pretty much all game that day. And I love the way they're using him and Elvin Cook, and I'm excited to see Kirk, you know, be an engine to that explosive offense utilize those two to the best of their abilities. I think they're going to put up a lot of yards this year. Yeah, okay. Moving on to another big-time matchup that I wanted to talk about, which was the Bengals and the Steelers. Um, Man, Joe Burrow. What happened to Joe Burrow? So Joe Burrow um, Joe Burrow didn't play at all in the preseason because of appendix surgery, and it definitely looked like it. He was He was not himself. He was forcing the ball way too much he had an error reading the coverage on the first one and he threw it way too far inside um just really off in terms of um putting the ball where it needed to go which is usually his greatest strength but i guess the lack of preseason and the time spent away from the team really hurt his rhythm and he just looked really poor today or not today on sunday um i think that moving forward i wouldn't have many concerns with burrow but it's 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 something to monitor. Um, my 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 lack of concern comes from the fact that he was still making a bunch of plays down the field. He was pushing the ball into the intermediate area of the field, right over the middle. He hit um, the dig route multiple times to Chase and once to Higgins earlier on in the game. He had multiple plays along the sideline where he made them in the pocket, out of the pocket, and he had even ex- some extra throws where. Um, the one right before he threw the game uh, tying touchdown to Jamar Chase, where to Mike Thomas, he throws it right on the money and the ball gets knocked out of Mike Thomas's hands. There's another throw uh, right along the sideline in the end zone where Chase isn't able to get both feet inbound. So a bunch of like little plays like that, um, that were like really, really good throws that were right on the money. And for one reason or another, they weren't caught. And so they wouldn't show up at the box score. So that kind of, helped him um, even with five turnover-worthy plays, a five turnover-worthy play game from Joe, Joe Burrow. Um, he still managed to play below average football instead of horrendous football. So I thought that was a reasonable way to rescue a horrible game. Still a poor start to the year, and he'll have to bounce back for sure. But I, I don't think any hope is lost moving forward. Yeah. To add on to that a little bit, I don't believe – Burrow will look like this the rest of the season. As you mentioned with the appendix injury, he didn't play at all in the preseason. And I think he came out a little bit weak as a result. I feel like later down the stretch, he seemed to get more comfortable, looked more like the Joe Burrow we know and love. I think looking for moving forward, I don't think we'll see a whole lot of this Joe Burrow. I think this was like that preseason game that he got out of him, got it out of his system. Uh, Burrow last year was one of the most efficient not putting the ball in harm's way quarterback there was so I don't see him in one season's time going from that to what we saw last week so not panicking about Joe Burrow whatsoever all right moving on to a team that Joe Burrow faced in the playoffs the Titans matching up with the Giants and Ryan Tannehill played a really good game in this one um it's not going to be reflected in a win in this one because Randy Bullock missed the game-winning field goal, but uh, Tannehill put the ball right on the money in Phillips' arms on the sideline to put the Titans in field goal range and generally made a bunch of really good throws to the intermediate area of the field, a bunch of which were caught if you go back and watch the game. And so I don't think that 
uh, people are talking about his game enough. It was just a really, really good performance. There were some drops in the short area of the field, which will deflate his completion percentage. But accounting for those, it was like four drops, and that'll significantly boost his completion percentage if they're caught. So a really, really strong game from Tannehill. I'm looking forward to what he could do without Arthur Smith, without KJ Brown, and what looks to be a Derrick Henry that's losing a step off his top speed. So I'm looking forward to that. Tannehill certainly had a very accurate game, and I think he really needed to do that because I didn't think his receivers were getting a whole lot of separation, and especially down the stretch with that potential game-winning drive. I saw him deliver balls right on the money on the sideline, you know, perf- in perfect placement. And I, I was very impressed with Tannehill's game there. And as PD said with Henry, it looked like he was clearly a step below from the Derrick Henry we saw his last two and a half years healthy. And that's definitely something I was concerned with going into the year with his age at his size. You know, those foot injuries can linger. And I think we saw the result of that that game. So I think this is going to be an offense that lives and dies by Ryan Tannehill and what he can do as far as ball placement. And he certainly delivered that game. I think the result was unfortunate for him, but oh, very impressive for sure. And as someone who typically is on the negative side with Ryan Tannehill, I was certainly loved what I saw from him that game. Yeah, um, moving on to our final quarterback uh, of the review from week one, we have Tom Brady. I just wanted to talk about Tom Brady here because he was one of the quarterbacks I looked in depth this week because he's a high-profile name. But the thing that jumped out to me most was that his arm looks as good as it's looked since, like, 2007. And that's, like, a really, really, really scary thought to me because Tom Brady – as we know, he's one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the league. He's one of the best anticipators. He's one of the best at moving in the pocket. And now, like, some with some extra avocados in the offseason or whatever he does, he's added <laughs> some extra miles per hour on his fastball. Like, this this looks really scary for the league. He had one turnover-worthy play where he misread a coverage, threw the ball right into the linebacker's arms. Um, but I don't expect that stuff to linger. And if you look at it, if you want to look at an example of what I'm saying, the deep bomb that he had to Julio Jones, that that's exactly what I'm talking about, where he pushes the ball really far down the field with touch, with accuracy, and that requires some solid arm strength. And especially for a 45-year-old, yeah, I, I am I am really, really excited to see what Tom Brady can do in terms of pushing the ball down the field into tight windows. Uh, Tom Brady just doesn't seem to age, does he, huh? With the offseason not really doing a whole lot, presumably, with all the retirement fiasco. And at 45, you know, you'd expect him to look like, you know, a normal 45-year-old. But not at all. Brady came out firing, as PD said. I think one thing to look forward to this year is he's got deep threat after deep threat on that team. You know, Mike Evans has been an elite deep threat for years. And Julio, you know, he was the deep th- best, re- one of the best receivers of the 2010s. And now you got him as a wide receiver, too, on a Tom Brady offense. Julio Jones washed or not, that's going to be very elite, especially when Godwin comes back healthy. I think Tom Brady and the Bucs are once again an elite contender for sure. And, you know, if this is Brady's last year, I'm looking forward to enjoying what he's going to give us before you know it's all said and done from the goat yeah so that's all we have for um these week one previews uh, or week one reviews now let's move on to some of the storylines that we're looking forward to seeing in week two so we'll start off with matt ryan so matt ryan Boy, did he have a poor game against the Texas fan. Two drop snaps, three interceptable passes. That totals five turnover-worthy plays. Not a good game for Matt Ryan at all. But the silver lining in all of that is that when he wasn't putting the ball in the hands of the defense, he was really pushing it down the field into the intermediate area and making some really nice throws to Michael Pittman. The anticipation still looks like it's there. The accuracy still looks like it's really, really there. It's just having the consistency with Matt Ryan. And that's kind of something that's tailed off since he won the MVP. Since about 2018, I would say, was his last season where he was, like, truly excellent. 
now he's just kind of settled into that solidly above average quarterback where he just kind of has up and down games. And some of these games, it'll look like what happened in week one. And some of the games uh, might look like what I project to happen in week two, which is what uh, I think will be a bounce back game for him where he keeps all that stuff that he was doing in the intermediate areas and pushing the ball down the field and maybe eliminate some of those turnover ready plays. Yeah, and looking into another quarterback who's looking for a bounce-back game here, Trey Lance in Week 2 coming back for his home opener against the Seattle Seahawks. One major thing to look at as we all saw Trey Lance and the 49ers offense struggle heavily in the rain last week, and it's looking once again that they might be playing in the rain this week. So one thing I want to look for Lance is – I want to see him take off with the ball a little bit more. In conditions like heavy rain, uh, a lot of his big arm gets nullified, and it shouldn't be the case that he's just always going to have a bad game when the weather's bad. So I want him to look to take off a little bit more, maybe, and just deliver what he can on the design runs. And as far as the most important part of his game, the passing, I think this is a perfect perfect game for to get him going because the Seahawks secondary you know they were somewhat able to keep up with a potent Bron- Broncos offense last week but overall I think that secondary should not be able to keep up uh should not be able to keep up with the Niners position players I think Lance needs to be able to deliver the balls uh where it needs to be for guys like Debo Kittle if he plays to have great yak opportunity And another story being the 49ers are down Elijah Mitchell for two months. So we're definitely going to lean on Lance to, you know, carry this offense a little bit more with a worse run game. So I'm looking for Lance to get started here and finally show that he has what it takes to lead this offense. And moving on from one quarterback who needs to bounce back, the quarterback who's just got to continue with the type of performance he has coming in is Lamar Jackson go coming going up against the Dolphins at home. And looking at last year's matchup, Lamar versus the Dolphins, they really seemed to take advantage of what was a weakness last year with Lamar is he just got flustered going up against complex blitzes, all the stunts and weird pressures that Dolphins were sending at him. And he ended up struggling a lot in that matchup last year. I think the Dolphins are going to bring a lot of that this year as well. And one thing I'm looking forward to seeing Lamar doing is using his obviously elite athleticism and ability to move around the pocket to evade some of that pressure, deliver good throws. I do think the Dolphins secondary has some talent that could uh, help hurt him against uh, with his uh receivers and such not being the most talented so i'm hoping to see him once again deliver balls on the money because even the Jets secondary last week were pretty good in keeping close coverage to the receivers of the jets and kind of locking them down but lamar just delivered All right, moving on to our afternoon slate of games. We have the Cardinals matching up with the Raiders, and I'm looking for Kyler to bounce back from his week one performance. I thought he made one error where he threw the ball into the leverage of the defender and the receiver uh, had to make an incredible play to break up that pass. Uh, he threw another interceptable-ish pass on the sideline where the DB would have had to make an incredible play to stay in bounds. So I don't really think that was a true turnover-worthy play, but it was a negative play nonetheless. I think that he needs to he needs to kind of just find a rhythm. It looked like uh, he was experiencing some of the issues that Joe Burrow was experiencing with not playing in the preseason, and he just looked kind of flustered at times. I like that he seemed to be more willing to take hits, um, which might come with a new sense of security from the contract that he got this offseason. And so he might feel a little bit more risky with his body. And that's probably good for finding explosive plays down the field if he can stay upright, I guess. And so against the Raiders defense that has two 
pass rushers in Max Crosby and Chandler Jones, who is looking to bounce back. Um, I, I would like to see him kind of hang in there, um, try to see over the see between his offensive linemen and get a good snapshot on the defense and fire the ball into tight windows as much as possible. Um, moving on to Russell Wilson, who is also in that afternoon stage. Um, we are looking at him in a matchup against the Texans, and this should be a bounce-back game for him. He was not very good on Monday Night Football in Seattle against the Seahawks. And he threw one turnover-worthy play just straight up into the coverage of the defender. It was a horribly inaccurate pass, very underthrown, very much to the inside. And that's kind of what led the defender right into the direction of the ball. Um, I'm looking for him to have much better control of the ball, if that's possible, in one week. Um, I'm also looking for him to make better decisions and play better in the flow of the offense. But that's kind of what you get with Russell Wilson at this point. You kind of just get him doing his own thing. It's the Russell Wilson offense. It's not the Denver Broncos or the Nathaniel Hackett offense. And then I would also like the Broncos to make better decisions and kind of let Russ uh, let Russ cook, let him go for it on fourth down, let him push the ball down the field in long yard situations. Yeah, and moving on from one quarterback that needs to have a bounce back performance to another, Aaron Rodgers going up against the Bears at home this Sunday. You know, last week we saw a very flustered Aaron Rodgers. You know, all offseason we heard about that injured offensive line and that really took a toll that game because he was facing constant pressure from the Vikings defensive line, constantly sacked, and we saw that really settle into a lot of frustration from Rodgers. And last week, we saw the Bears defensive line put up a good fight against uh, the 49ers offensive line. And, you know, judging by where the Packers offensive line is right now, I assume Rodgers is going to see a lot of pressure, a lot of uncomfortable situations for him. So I'm looking forward to him just getting rid of the ball sooner making quicker reads because with the offensive line he currently has there's no room for him to sit back and wait and he's just gonna get on top of that and another thing that I'm excited to see him with is his number one target projected for this year Alan Lazard's coming back hopefully that's a that's a familiar face hopefully that helps him get going because he was throwing to a lot of young receivers last game which he didn't seem to have a lot of chemistry with, and that could be the issue that plagued them last week. So overall, I'm looking for Rodgers to get going against uh, what's expected to be a decently bad Bears defense, although we saw differently last week, and that could continue. This team isn't supposed to be extremely talented, and Rodgers should be able to exploit that this week. Yeah, I wanted to touch on one thing with Rodgers that you said. You wanted him to get rid of the ball quicker. I want him to get rid of the ball quicker and push it more down the field, which kind of just hints at how poor of a performance that week one game was. Uh, other than that dropped potential touchdown to Christian Watson where he put it right on the money, it was just like he wasn't pushing the ball down the field and he was holding on to it too long because no one was getting open and he wasn't willing to push it into tight windows. Um, there was one play that really stuck out to me when watching it back on film. And it was just like, he, it was a, it was kind of, I think it was a dig route that he was, uh, I wanted him to throw. It was right in his line of sight too. So he went right to left read. Uh, I think it was a go on the right side and the receiver in the slot is running a dig. He kind of just, comes off the dig even though the receiver will break open he just has to clear the linebacker and instead he just kind of pushes it out to AJ Dillon and AJ Dillon's not even really open he's just a shorter option because he just doesn't want to push it down the field I don't know what's going on and AJ Dillon ends up getting hit by a linebacker for a minimal gain or maybe a one-yard loss I don't remember what it was and so that, that play was kind of emblematic of the day for me where it was just like I want Rodgers to just play better. That's really all it is. Yeah, seeing Rodgers play the way he did, you know, someone who typically pushes the ball downfield a lot and plays very aggressive, it was very weird to see him be the Aaron Rodgers we saw against the Vikings. So I'm hoping he can gain a little bit more trust in his receivers and do a lot more with the football this week and help that offense out a bit more. 
which is already struggling as is. But speaking of the Vikings, looking at probably one of the best matchups this week, we've got the Vikings and Eagles starting off with Jalen Hurts. You know, we already recapped his pretty amazing performance last week. This week, I think he's definitely got a more formidable defense that he's going up against in the Vikings. I think that defensive line will certainly bring him a lot more pressure than uh, the Lions D-line did. We'll see a lot more of what Rodgers saw that last week. And I hope to see, you know, that new pound pocket presence that we're seeing out of Hurts. I'd like to see him, despite facing a lot more pressure, you know, stick in that offense, really deliver accurate throws like he was last week and just keep pushing like he would not get startled, you know, continue to look poised and just deliver accurate throws. And I don't think that Vikings, uh, that Vikings secondary is going to be able to keep up with the speed and talent that the Eagles have at their skill positions. So I'm hoping for Jalen Hurts to just read the field, look for those mismatches and just expose that Vikings defense and continue to have the offensive masterclass the Eagles have been, you know, to start the season off. Yeah, this is this is really a test game for Jalen Hurts because I think the defensive line matches up a lot better with the offensive line than the last matchup because sure. the Lions are still young on the defensive line and the Vikings have good, strong veteran pieces already. And so I think he might be forced to sit in the pocket and take hits more than he was against the Lions and push the ball down the field accurately. And, and the signs are there. The signs are there from what he showed against the Lions that this might be a bigger part of his game this year than last year. And so this is this is a great uh, test point for him. Um, on the other side, we have Kirk Cousins, who I think this, this, might be, this might be a really great matchup for him, in my opinion, because the Eagles, the Eagles have like, they don't have much variety to what they play on defense. It's, it's really up to the talent of the players. They just kind of out, out, they just win off their talent, really. Um, I think that uh, that kind of plays right into Kirk Cousins and Kevin O'Connell's hands, who are really good schemers who rely on the execution of their offense to win. And if they can devise a plan to beat the kind of basic coverages of the Eagles, um, it might be a really long day for the Eagles defense. It, it would really come down to, you know, Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham and all them trying to make plays against the Vikings. And I don't know if they can do that if the secondary doesn't really hold up on the back end. Yeah, definitely excited to see this matchup of two teams who really came in week one and impressed. And I think this is definitely one of the matchups of the week. I'm sure everyone's going to be tuning in. But with that being said, this is the that's the end of our week two previews. You know, looking forward to another week of football. Any last words, PD? Uh, no, just really excited. Happy that we watched the Chiefs Chargers game today. And yeah, that's all. Yep, that'll be it for the week two of the Passing Downs podcast. You know, if you enjoyed this episode, come back for week three. We'll be dropping episodes similar to this on a weekly basis. And just give us a like, subscribe, or support on whatever platform you're watching. And have a good one. Peace. Thank you. Goodbye. Yeah,